0: father i just thank you so much you're so good and your mercy endureth forever i thank you for this day i thank you for this time i thank you for this opportunity i thank you for this conversation i thank you for my friend lord bless this time allow us to speak truthfully honestly lord blessing you and blessing the people in jesus name amen amen amen,
1: amen. i'm charles jenkins and welcome to the message behind the music the life behind the lyrics and the stories behind the songs gospel music royalty author nationally syndicated radio host erica campbell What's up, sister? My friend, my brother. How you doing? I'm fantastic. What about you? I'm good. It's such an honor to be hanging out with you for a little bit.
0: But no, the honor is all mine. This is not. This is nice. It's nice. Nice. It's nice. <laughs> so, so,
1: so, let's jump right into it. Yes. Um, out of the gate, we know your music.
0: hmm All of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but as we think about knowing your music like your life, like mm-hmm. what would you say? is your life message.
0: My life message is to to be a light to encourage and that despite the trauma and the situations you still can be that. Mm-hmm. Because most people think if you're positive or you're upbeat, it's because everything's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they don't realize that sometimes your life can be dark and ugly and jacked up. Mm-hmm. And I believe that positivity and being a light is a choice. A Hard choice sometimes, yeah. but it's still a good choice. I love that. So I, I want people
1: that. to know that. Have you mm-hmm. seen that light like, play out in your life? Like when you think about your life, like what
0: you just described? Oh, absolutely. Many times, yeah. many times. So, as a songwriter, you write these songs, and you go, oh, this is going to bless people all, right? And you're writing the song, and it may or may not have been your experience, mm-hmm. uh, but somewhere down, down the line, you're singing this song, mm-hmm. and I feel like life just says, well, let's see if she really believe it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. In the morning, you'll be all right. Well, let's see, you know? Yeah. And so, you encounter dark days, and trauma, and drama, and you have to for me I had to be on stage singing that stuff. Yeah. And so I said, "Lord, I'm gonna stop singing songs about going through cuz you keep giving me tests and stuff." And yeah. I don't I don't like it, but it's made me tougher, um, more resilient, mm-hmm. more confident in God. I think with every test and trial, every disappointment, every heartbreak, every heartache, um, every loss, every every battle, every valley that he brings me out of, yeah. I go, Oh, okay and my faith gets stronger each and every time. Yeah. So for some people it's unfortunate with every trial they go what did i do wrong? Mm-hmm. Life just happens. Mm-hmm. Life and chance happen to us all, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And when you know that, you go through not taking the blame for it. I mean unless it's something that you did that you need to apologize or repent for, mm-hmm. but i literally when it ain't my fault, i don't take the blame.
1: Right. So if you were to describe yourself in three words <laughs> I know that's extremely difficult extraordinarily uh, difficult. but if you were to describe Erica Campbell in three words who are you
0: that's a tough question
1: it's a big idea cuz I know
0: who I am yeah right yeah I know who I am and I know who I'm not um I know what people see but I know what I see and they don't always match what do you see if you were introducing yourself? I probably, if I was introducing myself, I would say, oh, I'm nice and I love people. And, you know, I would say all that stuff. I love Jesus and I do, but for me, I feel weird and quirky sometimes. Um, I don't always feel seen or understood. Mm. That's how I feel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, but when I say that to people, they go, Mm -hmm. but I think, I think it normalizes and humanizes me when people realize that we all literally feel the same. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. same insecurities, the same questions, the same dreams and aspirations. And as much as I've done, I want to do so much more. Mm-hmm. So I think it's hard to describe that to people who, cause depending on how you see me, what I say ain't gonna make sense to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a challenging question. If you were thinking of adjectives though, hmm. like what adjectives? I'm optimistic. Yeah. I'm lighthearted. Um, I don't carry people. Mm. I can care, but I'm not gonna carry it, mm. you know? Mm. You and understand. I might forget your stuff. It might be big for you. See, that's, t- okay, this is, this is real artist talk. Yeah. This is what's yeah. hard. Yeah. Like, you see me, yeah. right? Yeah. You, I'm in your car with you. You're watching the show. Yeah. You follow me on social media. I don't have your music, I'm not watching your social show. So you meet people and they sometimes get offended when you don't remember, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I might've been more present for you mm-hmm. than you were for me. And so that, that balance when I meet people, cause I love meeting the fans. I always tell them I wouldn't be here without the fans. If it wasn't for them, you know, none of this would be happening. So I'm always very grateful, but it's always a little uncomfortable when they go, remember me, I was at the concert on the second row. And I'm like, Bunch of concerts (laughs) since then, and I'm so grateful you were there, but I might not.
1: But even with that one concert, <laughs> like, it's thousands of people. In the room. And you're seeing people, but you're seeing your lyrics and your cues. Yes. And your, your choreography. And your time and yeah. your band.
0: Yeah. And do I have to get on off stage? And yeah. is the sound? Like, there's all those thoughts, too. Yeah. So it's it's weird. Being an artist is weird. It's way more more to <laughs> it's, it. It's people. right. More nuanced than people know. Yes.
1: Yes. It's loaded. <laughs> so when you think about your life, like, what are some reoccurring themes that you feel like you've seen Mm. flow through your life consistently?
0: Ooh, it's the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. And his ability to take what I assume is nothing and turn it into something. Mm -hmm. Like to grow up really poor and moving a lot and you know, my dad's sicknesses, my parents' divorce and you know, welfare and all those things. to be where I am now, it's like, how in the heck did I get here? It's all the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I think about the solo career and going from Mary Mary and, and hoping that people would accept me mm-hmm. by myself, um, which they initially didn't, and God's still allowing me to get here, I know it's the faithfulness of God. Cause it's not like, oh, I'm the best to ever do it. I don't even like really speak that language. Mm-hmm. I'm the best to ever, you know, it's like, I'm blessed with something and I'll share it with the world. And so he blesses it and he puts his hands on it and he allows it to reach the people and i just think it's phenomenal and i'm always so in awe of all that he does i think almost every major moment whether it was the stellar awards or the super bowl Mm -hmm. no matter what it is i'm always is this really happening Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i never go in like (laughs) they're gonna call my name again like every time i'm extremely grateful because I'm still Erica from Inglewood in my mind. Sometimes still in a two-bedroom apartment with all my siblings, hoping and dreaming that I could sing one day. Mm-hmm. You know, remember going to a Yolanda Adams concert, holding a tape recorder, trying to just study. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm just just grateful to God. Gratefulness is the reoccurring theme. Mm-hmm. So I, something that I just know in my heart is God can. Whatever it is, dot dot dot. God can because whatever, he did. MG, cause he did, right? Come on, that's the he preacher. Did. He did. I he can't, can't help but he I, did. Just, I yes. felt that thing like woo. He did. So you said Inglewood? Inglewood. Like, where you from? From Inglewood? Yeah, Inglewood. <laughs> so, born and raised. Talk about it. Um, I was raised primarily on hundred eleventh Street because we lived there. My grandmother lived there. My best friends lived across the street, and the church was there. Mm -hmm. So choir rehearsal, you know, and I grew up Church of God and Christ, so you got church all week long. So it was just the church and the house and the friends, and it was just all this area. It was an interesting neighborhood, um, a lot of homes, um, but also some gangs, also some drug members, but a lot of faith, and they had this extreme respect for my father because of how he treated them. So we were the house where no matter who you were and what you dealt with, you were going to be loved when you came to our house, right? My mom, my dad were always going to extend it. If you were unchurched, it didn't matter what you smelled like, you know, you know, it was, you know, well, come to church, baby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They didn't say, well, you can't hang over here. It was just always extending this love to unchurched people. So that's kind of. That not kinda. I believe that is strategically why God allowed me to be raised like that because my ministry was gonna be for people like that, right? That maybe didn't respond. If I say praise the Lord, saints, they're gonna be like, oh, what's up? You know, then they're not gonna go praise the Lord. You know, they don't know the churchy response. And I always think it's cool to introduce Jesus to people who don't know him and think that he's not for them. And so in Inglewood, we were always witnessing to somebody. We was always passing out tracks. We would go to the hood and me and our choir members, we would, my, and my aunt would tell us, make sure you look cute. Cause people are gonna see you before they know what you're about. Right. And so we would be the cute girls. Hey, come to our church. Can I have your phone number? No, but you can come to my church <laughs> all the time. So we had something called choir night and choir night was always jam packed because we intentionally went to draw the, the unchurched. Love it. Right. And so that was most of my life. And so I remember um, it's, it's street call Imperial in Englewood, um and i was going to the store for my grandmother and this girl was walking down the street and i knew that she was a prostitute i Mm -hmm. could tell but she was young and i was in the car with one of my prayer warrior friends and so i went to her and i was like you should pray for her and so we pulled up and she walked and we were kind of in her way Mm -hmm. and she was about to go around the car and i was like excuse me can i talk to you for a minute and so i looked at the one who was a seasoned saying i was like can you pray for her she said no god put it on your heart you talk to her and i was like Okay. And so when she walked up, I said, this doesn't have to be your life. And she smiled and I was about 16. Mm. And she said, oh, sweetheart, you don't understand. I was like, Jesus can fix it. He Mm. can change it. And she smiled and a tear came down her eye. Why am I getting emotional? And um, I never forgot that lady. Mm. And I think about people like that all the time that think that God isn't for them. Mm. And I think that's our job to reach those, to think, oh, it can't be me, you know? Mm. And so that's kind of been my life my whole life. Mm. Yeah, no, that's an incredible story. Um, I don't think I've ever told that story. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's, what's beautiful about it is the, the vulnerability and authenticity of sharing your heart with somebody. Yeah. And And never knowing I say it this way, we're just the be the seed planners.
0: You don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know how far it's going to go. Yeah. You know, where it will lead. My uncle um, had a deliverance ministry, Charles Lawless, Evangelistic Church of God in Christ. So people were always getting healed of cancer. Like I saw it all the time. People mm. come in in hospital gowns and, you know things like that and come in with x-rays and getting healed time after time. So I've seen God do miraculous things in my life. Mm-hmm. So my faith is really, really big. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to tell a person like me who's seen stuff like that and lived a life like I lived and watched God do miraculous things, what my God can't do. Incredible, so incredible. So I, I try to wrap that up in who I am and I try to present that to people, even when I'm facing my own stuff, yeah. even when I'm dealing with my own stuff, you know, when it's taking too long to change, I'll go, but I know you can, Yeah. because I know you did. Nah, I love it. Yeah. Let's go, let's go. Let's go. write that song. <laughs> let's go, let's go. That's a smash. That let's is. Go. I know let's you go. can, because I know go. you did. Warren Campbell. Let's go.
1: <laughs> so, so, what was it like growing up in your household?
0: Ooh. Like, how many siblings? Like, Break it down. So, mommy had nine babies. Okay. But mommy and daddy had a big heart. So then my three cousins lived with us. So what, I was about 13, about, yeah, not 12, about 12. Yeah, yeah we're at 12. Yeah, we're at 12. Um, and then anybody else that was having a hard time, my mom was like, y'all can stay on the couch. Now, I'm little, I'm in like junior high school. I'm like, <laughs> where they gonna go? Two, ba- um, two
1: bathrooms? One.
0: i know it. I had one. one. I had one. <laughs> and we had to get dressed for church. And I grew up doing hair. So I had to do everybody's hair and then get myself dressed. So I always knew how to move quick. Because I always had to be thinking about, oh, did, did I do Elena's hair? Or did I, okay, oh, her hair is crunchy. Let me fix that. You can't go to church like that because mama fine. And if mama fine, we all got to be fine. So <laughs> that's a lot to think about, huh?
1: No, that's that's, that's great.
0: As a kid, mama fine. fine. We all got to be fine. I love it. And Let's she go. made sure of it. We all going to look good. Even, even if we had to go to secondhand stores and we did a whole lot of that. You know, even if we had to, you know, wash it in, you know, spot clean, because it was, you know. It was was what it was. We we made it happen. But it was a lot of laughter, a lot of music, a lot of fun. Um, We didn't have video cameras, but we used to have a lot of tapes, and we would just record ourselves making up dumb songs. Before we was calling ourselves songwriters and creatives, we were creatives. Google would always be writing a poem about something, about a nephew, about a sister, about something, and it was always hilarious. And uh, that was just, that was our life. And my mom never let anger rest too long in the house. So if somebody was in in an argument, she'll say, go hug your sister. We didn't like hugging for a whole lot of years because of it, but she just didn't let anger rest too long. We couldn't say, I hate you. We couldn't slam doors. Like none of that was allowed. Like get out of my room, where you pay rent at? You know, none of that was allowed. So it was a, it was a for real house where mama and daddy put the rules down but there was always a lot of love like we would at the end of the night my dad would call us in the room and we would get around the bed and he would read a scripture and he would pray over us and and then we had to pray and we had to pray for all the aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff so it made us mindful of others we were never just praying for ourselves so there was a lot of that um in the house and you know black houses you make beans and spaghetti and stuff like that you eat off that for I love that, and I love we figured that. out how to make it work. And no one said, "Get out of! I need my space. Get out of the bathroom!" Like we just learned how to coexist together. And so, even when we take our sister trips, and it's all of us, it's still we 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 just revert right back to it. Even though we're grown and have our own space, we just revert back to making it happen all together. You need this, I, okay. Here, I got this. You need this, okay. I, it was always that way
1: so was the household you mentioned singing like like oh yeah
0: we had to sing we had to sing why like, i don't know because my mama said so i was gonna she... ask you was she joe jackson <laughs> it's because mama said so and <laughs> so like when you start singing um you know my mom was very like expressive when she sang so if she she'll say this to this day if she's singing i'm step i stepped in the water she don't step in the water right so when i first start singing i'm terrified so i'm just standing there she's behind the in the back of the church going like this that means that's all i could see so i had to come from around the podium and stand on the side so now i'm standing on the side and so she's doing this that means move so i'm rocking side to side and so then she do this again that mean i gotta move so that mean i gotta walk and so i was like god so i didn't know that that was training but it was you know it was all of that was training. Our choir had to sing. We practiced standing up. We practiced sitting down. We practiced clapping together. You know, we, it was, we just we were trained. Our choir was, was something special. Evangelistic Mass Choir. We did an album. Don't y'all go look for it. <laughs> uh, Evangelistic Mass Choir. Uh, yeah, and uh, it, we were a big deal in Inglewood. And I, I, I felt that. I always felt like I was something. You know, cause when we went to other churches, you know, you had to go to everybody's appreciation. That's right. Uh huh. We always sung last cause evangelistic was something. So even though I wasn't a recording artist and we didn't have much money, I always felt like something. And because the Atkins family was so big and so much, such a big part of the choir, it was like, oh, the Atkins are here. You know, we ain't had no money, but we was something. And I don't know Love if that, that makes sense. Or oh, it does. And so, you know, I remember realizing that we was poor when it was leaking in the house and, And uh, we needed things that we didn't have, and I was like, "We poor." And Tina said, "We not poor. We just don't have some things." Mm. And so that's just been our mentality. I'm not poor. I just don't have some things. So even, you know, as a gospel artist, if I can fast forward to, you know, becoming Mary Mary and getting signed, and Shackles coming out Mm. and doing all that it did, um, I remember having a conversation with one of the marketing people, and they were Mm. like, "Y'all are cute girls. Y'all could be R&B." like, why would you stay here, you know? And um, us and our little confidence, mm-hmm. I don't want to say egos, but mm-hmm. our confidence mm-hmm. said, did we go platinum singing a gospel song? Wow. Did we win a Grammy singing a gospel song? Wow. Was it top five around the world on a gospel song? I think we could stay gospel. I think we'll still be good. Love that. You know? Love that. And yes, there are probably some places that we have not gone and some, you know, things that we still want to achieve. Mm-hmm. But... God has done amazing things because we stay committed to what he placed on the inside. And I think it, it was just all this big circle of mommy and daddy training us, keeping the church. We love Jesus. We serve Jesus. We sing for Jesus, period. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you go and you experience, you know, what all these things, what all these things are. And I never felt less than, mm-hmm. cause I was always, I always felt like I was something. Love so that. even in my dating life, I just, I just felt like I was something. And if you came with the rah-rah and it didn't match what I felt about myself, I didn't have no problems being like, "Okay, bye. On to the next." <laughs> I'm a break up. I'm a cry for a good maybe maybe 2 weeks and then I'm on to the next one. I just on to the next I one. I did I didn't I didn't, <laughs> I didn't let too much grass
1: grow under
0: uh, my feet because i because i'm something
1: yeah and you got to yeah. feel
0: like you're something because life will try to tell you that you're nothing yeah. your situations will make you think that you're nothing and and you'll hear it sometimes from people that you look up to or you believe in and and so you have to be like yeah i'm i'm something you just don't know it yeah and maybe this ain't the room I'm something in another. i'm i'm something
1: well i i think that's i think that's very right though yeah like like for those of us who read the bible like god over and over again is saying reminding us who we are
0: absolutely right
1: so we'll stand up and not slouch down so we'll look up and not look down and 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 there's so many passages that speak against fear and low self low Mm -hmm. self-esteem feelings of inadequacy and not being enough shout out to tyra jenkins i'm come on yes uh and and so energy wise i think that's fantastic Mm -hmm. so When I think of you as you describe yourself, did you see um, What's Love Got To Do With the Tita Turner movie and the little girl in the very beginning Uh who was just like, (laughs) I'm gonna let it shine, yes? Yes! (laughs) Was was that you?
0: (laughs) You know what? i probably wasn't that bold i probably was much more shy but when everybody else had to read scriptures i had to sing Mm -hmm. when they had to do speeches i had to sing so it was always that for me like my friends was outside because like i said on 111th street we all lived there everybody be playing outside but my mom made me get in the choir at 12 and i was just not happy about it and one of my friends mom's marie gleason she sat next to me she said i know you don't want to be in here baby but this is going to matter one day. Mm. It's going to matter one day. Mm. And so whenever I get the pleasure of her being in an audience mm. where I'm singing, it just, it, oh man, it does so much good for my heart. You about
1: to take me out on location. Ooh. I'm finna go into a whole ugly crowd. <laughs> listen. I'm like, because I think, and the best way I can say it is, you know, it's hard to see where you've never been when you are where you are and it's hard to see yourself as a full-blown harvest bearing fruit when you're in seed form yeah and so to
0: have that voice on the sideline to say this This is gonna matter one day but i got that through my whole life Mm -hmm. i remember we had a church service and um i wanted to go to the national church of god and christ convention i was about 17 years old and i didn't have much money and you know it was one of those services where they tell you praise them in advance so Mm -hmm. i was in the corner and i was shouting i was praising god because i was gonna give my ticket and i was gonna have enough money and i was gonna have the right clothes and all of this Mm -hmm. and uh at that time i I think i was still in school i was doing hair charging Mm -hmm. people seven dollars to press their hair, ten dollars to curl let's go listen (laughs) trying to stack my coins and um, somebody was at service and saw me praising god and she came up to me after service and she said God is gonna do something amazing through your life, but I wanna bless you with this seed. Hmm. And she gave me a hundred dollars. Hmm. And then, so I was able to go to the swap meet and get my, my dollar stockings, cause hmm. it was only a dollar. And then somebody else who was at church said it was a, and it was actually, uh, he was one of the uh, more ghetto members of the church. He was like, yo, <laughs> like, I think it's real dope that you be in church. Like, and you listen to your mom? Like, you a good girl. I just wanna bless you with this. And he gave me a hundred dollars. Wow. So that praise in advance did just what I thought it was going to do, Amazing. and so God has just been so. I've seen it so many times in my life. Yeah. You know the old song, "You can't make me doubt Him." I know too much about
1: Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think what's so special about that is is those sacred echoes I call them.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, as you say you got that over and over again because mm-hmm. i think you know for any one of us or anybody who's watching when you got it you got it when you got it you got it but you it's don't just, know yeah yeah you yeah. don't know when you and it done. can be difficult when you yeah. don't know but i think that paying attention to those yeah you know perpetual repetitious echoes yeah that you keep hearing that
0: over and over again. Yeah. As you talked about believing it.
1: Yeah. Right? I Owning had to. it and then
0: embracing it. I remember when I really believed it. I was singing background for Brian McKnight. I can't remember what city we were in. Um, but there was somebody I had a crush on in the audience. And I think he had a crush on me too. And so You wanna tell us who? Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. Step up to the mic and testify. Uh-uh. So I'm singing, <laughs> Do I ever cross your mind? Anytime I'm singing, I'm doing my thing right. And so I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm looking away and I'm talking to the other background singer. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, But I never forgot what I had been hearing all my life. Mm. And I always knew it takes one time to destroy your destiny. Mm. And I was like, even though he's fine and he must think I'm something because of what he's looking at me. Do I want to sacrifice destiny? Mm -hmm. That was what I thought.
1: And I'm so glad. (laughs) On behalf of my brother from another mother.
0: I'm so glad. Yes, that I did not sacrifice destiny. Um, And I think that life presents you with those opportunities to see if you really believe what God said. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially when you feel like it's taking too long. I started singing when I was five years old. Mm So I'm in my 20s and it ain't happened yet. You know, I'm singing background. So I'm thinking, well this is fine too. I'll take this. Mm-hmm. But those messages keep coming, mm-hmm. right? And I can't get away from them. And so when I have the opportunity to maybe do something that don't necessarily line up with my faith or how I was raised, mm-hmm. I always have the choice. Amazing. You're going to so, do that? You're yeah. you going to fall for that? You know?
1: Yeah. So when was the, the moment
0: that you were
1: like, we here?
0: We here? Um, I think the publishing deal was really big when we got the first publishing deal before the record deal. That was my first big check. I think it was uh $22,500. Wow. That was my wow. first big check, publishing check. And uh I got a new car and you know me and Tina had our little place that we had, but we were smart. Like I was like we got to make sure that this money lasts. Like I didn't go and splurge. I didn't, you know, I got some reasonable, yeah. you know. Yeah. So um, it made sense, but after that, when um, the first song was, I believe it was on Dr. Doolittle. Mm. And that was the first like song on a major. The movie. The movie, mm. yeah. And then it was Stuart Little after that, and then the Prince of Egypt, and that's when Shackles was written. Wow. So when the songs start happening and they were good and getting the attention, I was like, uh-oh, this this is, I think this is it. So talk about
1: that, because, you know, most of us, like, we know you as the artist, Mm -hmm. right? But what I'm learning on location (laughs) is you were songwriting, songwriting Yeah, we we wrote
0: for Mountain High, Valley Low. Um, Yeah, and Time to Change. I think the first two songs on the record before we were, you know, before Shackles and all that came out, we wrote those two songs for Yolanda. We wrote a song for 702. Um, we did those soundtrack songs. And um, actually, when we wrote Thankful, we thought that would be for Yolanda, but it ended, up, it ended up being the title song for our first album. So, you know, when you're writing songs, you never know where they're gonna land. You just write. And writing with Warren is so cool, but so real, because, mm-hmm. you know, he'll tell you when it sucks. <laughs> You know, he'll tell you when it's whack. He'll be like, Nah Like and he don't even like you could write a whole song, Verse Bridge, singing, you play it for you, sing it for him, he'll listen and be like, Nah, write it again. And you could either get offended and be like, You hating on me. You just don't want me to be great or you can just rewrite the song. I so, love that so much. So we'll just rewrite the song. I'm gonna feel more
1: honored, even more honored than I do. He'd be like, That's a smash, Jenkins, That's a smash. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: hadn't thank you. I hadn't had to rewrite a song yet. <laughs> uh, yes. He says, getting the whack juice out. We gotta get the whack juice out. And you know, sometimes people don't know. Like you're paying your dues, and you know, you you kinda okay, you got something, but you kinda yeah. just okay, yeah, you know. Yeah. When I was court recording with my church choir, I was I was all right, I wasn't there yet, you know. Yeah. That's okay. Develop, keep growing, keep, you know, if somebody tells you you're not there yet, just keep going. You don't stop, you know, and try to prove that person wrong. I'm not in the business of proving one person wrong. That's just that person's opinion. I'm not going to get locked into, you just don't know yet. I'm great. You just don't know it. Yeah.
1: I think what I love about that, like, I can't help but think of, you know, Moses being on the backside of the desert, like, you know, the, the preparation period. For sure. And and as you talk about your journey, you know, it's, my wife used to say it this way, like, you know, you are, in many instances, a lot of times, you're on the stage, you're just behind the curtain. Ooh, that's good. And and it's just, you know, she would yeah. say to me, you know, where's the curtain, Yeah, but as it's rising yeah. before you're just unveiled uh, and revealed, yeah. you know, very public, and so, it, Talk
0: about that. Probably one of the biggest moments where that was the experience. Um, I think Tina was having baby number two or number three. Okay. And um, no, was baby number two. And I had got asked to sing, get this, with Stevie Wonder, Natalie Cole, and James Ingram. Wow. Honoring, I believe it was Lionel Richie, uh, at a very big award show. Wow. And so we're opening, I can't remember if it was That's What Friends Are For or We Are The World. I think it was We Are The World. Mm-hmm. And I'm nervous, cause I'm like, what the heck am I doing here without Tina? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm like, when they announce my name, when they say Erica Campbell, they're not gonna know who I am. I'm like bugging out, right, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess James Ingram could feel me bugging out. Mm-hmm. And he grabbed my hand and he said, you're supposed to be here. Mm. And it was just so reassuring. And I just kind of took a deep breath and then the curtain went up. Wow. It was literally right before the curtain went up. Wow. wow. So I'm saying hi. And this was before like I knew Stevie and like friends and stuff. So I'm still like, you know, and he just, again, God always allows me to get these messages. Mm-hmm. That's like, Erica, chill, you good. You're supposed to be here. You know what I'm saying?
1: Because what I
0: don't ever want to be is in the room and apologizing that I'm in the room. Mm -hmm. Oh, that gets under my skin. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I know y'all. Oh, I'm sorry. I know y'all don't really want me here. Like Mm -hmm. that low self-esteem don't belong in Mm -hmm. the room. Mm -hmm. Like I got invited. I don't care if I was the last one invited. Mm -hmm. I got invited and I'm I'm in the room. I'm here. So I try to be present in the room. When we won our first Grammy, um, we hadn't been invited to the Sony party. No shade, Columbia, but we weren't invited. So we had our own party. We went to the Bonaventure with Warren and our manager, and we were celebrating our first Grammy win. And we got a phone call, and they're like, where are you guys? You guys should be at the party. So we get there, and everybody's there. Gloria Estefan, Elton John, um, Donny Einer, who was the president at the time, Destiny's Child, everybody's in the room. And so we come in, and they're congratulating us, and you know, I could have had an attitude because I wasn't invited, but I was like, I'm here. Let me just be in the room that the I'm in. The
1: invite was late, but I have I'm arrived. I'm here.
0: <laughs> no matter when it comes, you know, and when you have that kind of outlook, it keeps you from being the victim. It keeps mm. you from being in the room and not enjoying the room, being mad because you didn't get in the room sooner than you thought you were supposed to be in the Like, As you
1: describe, you know, we internalize. For sure. Right? I didn't get invited.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah.
1: you walk in like, and then you instead of enjoying the party, you spend the whole time telling Ooh, everybody
0: that you didn't. You know what? I just, I just that got here. They it just and. call
1: us, but I think, you know, as again, this is so powerful because we know the music, mm-hmm. but you being the message, mm-hmm. what screams at me is freedom. Yeah. You you are not constrained by what can be deemed as. Dishonor or right. anything that right. anybody could try to put on you, it's right. like so get off of me exactly yeah. so that is incredible. <laughs> it's very freeing. Well what well, I think for anybody who is watching or listening it's gotta make you reevaluate mm-hmm. because life is trying to throw stuff on us all yeah, day, every day.
0: All the time.
1: And so if you don't have freedom on the inside, mm-hmm. you'll be constrained on the outside.
0: Yeah. You'll be subject to the conditions you experience. All mm-hmm. right, so yeah. how
1: would you say your transition into music professionally happened?
0: Uh, I think it was a, a, a pretty gradual progression. Um, Cause like I said, my church choir recorded, so I, you know, mm-hmm, I felt mm-hmm. like I, I, That's I'm professional a artist. I, <laughs> I'm professional. What you talk about? We won a McDonald's Gospel Fest. That's right. That's so um, right. as I started doing things around the city and you know singing with my high school choir and yeah. you know all those things, it, it was a natural. Pro- it felt like a natural progression. Yeah. Um, even becoming a background singer for different R&B artists and then you know becoming my own artist. I just, I, I don't know. I don't even know how I would it just kind of took the course it was supposed to take. Yeah. It took longer than I thought, yeah. you know? Um, Cause when you start singing at five, you think all 16, I'm gonna do an album, right? Yeah. And then 20, then nothing. And then 25, okay, Jesus, yeah. well, what's going on? You know, yeah. um, I think somewhere around 26 is when, 25, 26 is when we got the publishing deal. And so okay. it began to really be professional, um, but it was a slow progression and you know, even now, you know how the industry is. You can do a lot and there still be more to do. Mm-hmm. So, there's still more to do. So, you were singing background, songwriting. When did Mary
1: Mary happen? And what is Mary Mary for the-, the... All
0: that happened all together. Okay. So, um, I started singing in a stage play, okay. right, and- uh, Eric Dawkins and Isaac Carey, I had met them; we were friends, and so they saw we came to the, to the um, to the show at the Wilshire Ebell Theater in Los Angeles. Yeah, and Ike was like, "You want to you want to be in a play? You want to audition for Mike Matthews, who was the writer of the play." Yeah. Um, this was long before the other plays and all that kind of stuff. And so I sang. And he said, "You ready to go?" So I wasn't used to doing nothing without my family because at that time it was the Atkins family and all that. So I was like, my sister could sing too. She's in the back. So I went to grab Tina and I was like, Tina, I need you to sing for Mike Matthews. She was like, what, huh? Just sing. So she sings, kills it. He was like, all right, both of y'all come meet us at rehearsal tomorrow. So everything was just really, really, really quick. So we ended up leaving with them that next week. We left home and was on the road and gone six months. So help me. (laughs) So Warren says y'all should be a group. Yes.
1: Y'all become a group? We become a group. Are you on war marriage yet? No.
0: We met in 95, in December. And, and then we went on our first date when Waiting to Excel came out, cause that was our first date. We went to see Waiting to Excel. Wow. So we just started hanging and talking and hanging and talking and hanging and talking. And then I went on the road with the play for the next season. Yes. And then when I came back in the spring, we just kind of resumed, you know, hanging and talking and just continued that. And we dated for four years, five years. Wow! And he didn't propose until 99. Ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Wow. I should remember that. I don't remember the exact dates. We got That's married in 2001. It feels like forever. It was <laughs> like forever. Yeah. So, in the meantime, Teddy and Tina were dating and they got married a year before we did. And then we got married. And so. Uh, That's yeah. insane.
1: Mary Mary yes. happens. Mm-hmm. Grammys, American Music Awards, all of the awards. Mm-hmm. Um, then the Erica Campbell solo career. Yes. Nationally syndicated radio host, mm-hmm. author but I want to back up and mess with the music. Okay. What are, and you've touched so many songs as a writer, as a performer, Mm -hmm. um, both solo and group, Mm -hmm. but what are your three maybe favorite songs that you have touched and how did it happen?
0: That's so hard. You got
1: so many records. You got 20 something years of hits.
0: No, well because the songs are are moments, they're yeah. experiences, yeah. you know. Um Well, you got to say shackles just cuz it's shackles, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh and I remember being in at that time it was just a garage. It wasn't even like a full studio. Yeah. It was a garage and we were just agonizing over writing the lyrics and how that all came about and doing the demo and at that time the microphone was in front of a Volkswagen like the old kind of Scooby Doo Volkswagen wow. the mic was right there so I'm in between the wall and the mic and so I just remember all of that and all these expectations and all these dreams and aspirations and I'm actually recording a song and then for that song to still pop up in my timeline on social media with somebody somewhere in another part of the world singing or dancing to it because of what the message does for them. You know what I mean? Like, that is crazy. How did the song happen though? Where did the idea come from? How did So we were writing and I think Warren left out and went into the room and he said the music sounded different in the other room. And that's where he wrote the hook. And after he wrote the hook, he came, like, he came rushing out. He's like, I got it. Take the shackles off my... You know, do the whole thing. And then we write the verses. And then we... Through the fire and the rain. The whole thing. And we're listening and we're like... I don't think we're going to get it to the Prince of Egypt. I think we're going to keep this for ourselves. Yeah, and so we got one. We, yeah, we got one. And we knew we had one. So we kept it for ourselves. And it was the defining song. And we ended up writing a song called Let Go, Let God that actually is featuring Ty Tribbett and GA before people knew who they were. Wow! So it was early Mary Mary and early Ty on this song called Let Go, Let God that ended up going on uh, the soundtrack. It wasn't in the film. Yeah. And uh, yeah, shackles changed my life. All right, song number two. Okay, song number two. I'm I'ma go with, I feel like it's a, uh, <laughs> a game show. Yeah, I'm to go with, a little more Jesus love that because it was such a transitional moment for me Yeah. with everything that was going on just lost my dad mm. Tina saying I need to take a break from the group mm. you know manager was suing us at the time mm. while doing a re- reality show mm. I had just had Zaya I think mm. she might have been two so it was just a lot mm-hmm. and I was in the closet and I really was just I need just a little more Jesus and Warren would echo me from another room and so we would we did this like for like a few days. Wow. And he was like, what is this? I said, what I need? And He was like, let's record this. Wow! And so we just, okay, we're gonna record it. And after it was done, he was like, this is something. Actually, he still had Fever Studio and Tina came and wrote on it and sang on it as well. Wow. Because we, we know what we do together. Love that. And Love um, that. you know, it went on to, to set me up and people were like, what is this song? Oh, yeah. But I can't go nowhere without singing a little more Jesus. You must sing it. <laughs> I must sing it. You
1: must. I song must. number three. It's just so many.
0: No, because I'm trying to. It, not because it's so many. I'm trying to think of what they mean. Because honorable mention must go to Heaven, just because I love singing that song. Like, it's the groove, it's, I got to get myself together, cause I, I mean, it's just. You sing it too fast. Oh, you always sing it slow. <laughs> he sings heaven, the slowest. I remember when you told us, you was like, I love that song. I got to get myself together, cause I got some place to go. And I was like, it ain't that slow. Jenkins, it ain't that slow. Genius, it ain't that slow. <laughs> um, but the third song, I would say, is um, my newest song and that's Feel Alright, Blessed. So we had just come off of Positive, which had done good. That was my first solo number one. You know, I love God and all of that and help and all of that, it done good. Um, And Feel Alright is still new, so I don't know what it's going to ultimately do, but I know how it feels for me. By the time you get to the end and you're just saying I'm blessed over and over, it's just an affirmation that even if you ain't blessed, you feel like you will be. And yeah, I love that, I love that.
1: All right, so, rapid fire. Let's do some rapid fire. Uh-oh, okay. All right, uh, favorite color?
0: Right now it's green. Right now, okay, <laughs> I love that. It used to be purple, but it's green right I now. love that, I love, we can change our yes. favorite color. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, change your color. <laughs> all right, all right, um, favorite food? Mexican food. Okay. Okay, and she can make some too, ladies I can. and gentlemen. She I'm can good. make it from scratch. <laughs> uh she's blexi- Blexican. I'm a blexican. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Favorite meal.
0: Favorite meal. Mm.
1: Let's put a few things on the plate.
0: Shore ribs. Okay. Okay. Greens. Okay. Mac and cheese.
1: Okay. Okay. Yams.
0: Okay. Black eyed peas. Okay. Top it off with some cornbread.
1: Okay, 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 that was very well done, all right. That was very
0: black of me. All
1: right, so let's go. Favorite TV show of all time? Martin. Love that, all right. Favorite movie?
0: Favorite movie, The Notebook. Okay. Sappy. I love
1: that, Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, this has been incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. For Absolutely. hanging out. Incredible, Absolutely. remarkable, <laughs> fantastic, Erica Campbell. That's me. Well, this has been incredible.
0: i loved it. Thank you so much, <laughs> <Thank> my dear
1: <laughs> sister. I appreciate it so much. Absolutely. Gospel music royalty, gospel music superstar, Erica Campbell. The life behind the lyrics, the story behind the song. Thank you for watching the message behind the music. See you next time.